Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, before this episode starts, I want to talk about some pretty cool news. Oki Investigations now has its own website. It's truecrime.blog. And it is a running blog for crime stories and for this show. So if you're a true crime buff and you want to see some cool things that we gathered while researching each show, including a like timeline of events that we put together, uh, newspaper clippings, court documents, and much, much more, come check us out at truecrime.blog. One, two, three, Hello everyone and welcome to Okie Investigations. My name is Trevor Shelby. In this episode, we're going to discuss the power of greed and the death of Joe Navonte, who was gunned down in the streets of Tonkawa. In this episode, we'll discuss what happened, why, and what's happened since. But first, if you're a first-time listener, to experience this podcast to its finest, hit that subscribe button so when we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. Then, head on over to our Facebook page. Here we can discuss the case together and perhaps come up with our own theories on the many cases that will be featured on this show. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash Oki Investigations. Joseph Hupka Sr., who went by the name Joe, was born in Kochni, Bohemia on December 20th, 1855. His childhood was full of fear of having to live under the oppressive and cruel form of government at the time. He sailed across the seas, landed in Baltimore, Maryland, where together with his wife, they built themselves a little home of their own and enjoyed the beautiful air of freedom. After a few years, they moved to Cleveland, Ohio, and then later to Chicago. Eventually, they found their way to Oklahoma City. Finally, in 1893, they settled on a homestead in the Glen Rose Township, where at first Joe engaged in farming, and later in fruit raising. The family was known for the time for having the finest vineyard in Noble County. Greed can be a powerful thing. It can be used to create empires of wealth. It can also be used to destroy lives. It was once said by American author Edward Abbey, a house built on greed cannot long endure. This little homestead in the Glen Rose Township in Noble County was built on the Oklahoma Foundation of Greed, oil. For a number of years, the Hupka family lived on the quarter section of land. They built a small homestead, raised a loving family, and started a series of farms. It was the early 20th century American dream. It wasn't until 1919 when local oil man, Joe Navote, who was also Joe Hubka's son-in-law, offered the family $18,000 for the land that Joe Hubka, the family patriarch, had built. The oil man, Joe Navote, had the suspicion that there might be oil on the Hubka land. 
He knew he could be wrong, and he was willing to take the chance. At the time, $18,000 was more than fair for land with no oil. So if nothing came from it, he might just sell it and then get his money back. It didn't take long for Joe Hupka to make his final decision. By selling the homestead for $18,000, they would be able to move into a little bit of a better situation. But he didn't see the fruits of his labor. Before the deal could be signed and finished, Joe Hupka fell ill. He was rushed for treatment in Oklahoma City and then later died. He left behind his wife, Anna, son Joseph Jr., and four daughters. Now, Anna Hubka decided that it was the wish of her husband to sell the land, and they would continue to do so. The deal was done, and the family received their $18,000. Just months after the deal was made, it became quite clear why Joe Navote wanted the land. He began drilling for oil on the former Hubka land, and after a considerable amount of money was spent drilling, a year after the purchase, he struck oil. After finding out that Joe had struck oil, Anna Hupka felt a little slighted and perhaps cheated. If their land had oil, then why did they sell it off for so little? When she told when she sold the land, it was for the land and the mineral rights, so they had no claim any longer to what was hidden underneath the earth there. Anna's frustration was taken in by her son, Joseph Hupka Jr. Joseph was unwilling to accept that the land that they had owned for so long that had enough oil to change the lives of his family could be stolen in such a way and by someone that was considered family. Joseph was also mad with the fact that they lost other parcels of land that they didn't think were included in the original cell. Joseph confronted his brother-in-law, Joe, about it. Although Joe did not want the Hubka family to hate him, he felt that he was completely in the right not to share any of his newfound wealth with their family. They might have owned the land at one time, but he took the risk in purchasing the land and fronted the money to drill for oil. Joseph, however, began to obsess over the sale of the land. He began to write letters to his brother-in-law. Through considerable research, I was able to locate one full letter. It was addressed to Joseph Navote, Tonkawa, Oklahoma. About 30 days ago, I wrote you, stating certain facts up to this date I have not received word from you. I'm not surprised at all, because that is the way you have conducted yourself in the past. I've studied you from every angle. And this is the whole thing in a nutshell. It is your motto day by day. I am doing well and let others go to hell. I have said to them what they can do to me as they like. But to you, I say for the last time that I have been trampled and stomped on by all I care to be by you. And before I would have you do this any longer, I would rather see myself in hell. I enclose the $5 you loan me. I will give you just six days to write or call in person. Signed, Joseph Hupka. 
Over the next few years, Joseph would sue Joe in, in local court, but was shot down every time he tried. Joseph had done nothing wrong when he purchased the land. Every time he would lose, Joseph Jr. would get madder and madder. This came to head in September 22, 1926. Joseph left his house with a gun in hand and was looking for Joe Navote. He decided that he needed this to end once and for all. Joseph found his brother-in-law on the streets of Tonkawa. He approached him and fired seven shots. Joe was dead before he hit the ground. Joseph then threw the pistol at Joe, striking his lifeless face. There were many witnesses to the crime. Many of them knew both parties involved. Here are some of their sworn statements. This one's by Edward Daniel, a witness on behalf of the state. He testified that his home was in Tonkawa. That on the morning of September 22, 1926, he was at the corner of 7th and Tonkawa Avenue. And about 10 o'clock that morning, he saw Joseph Hupka. When I first saw the defendant, I was sitting in front of the Kruger building on the steps. I did not know the deceased during his lifetime. The defendant came running around the corner of the building and hollered to another man. The other man looked around, and he came up and hollowed. Hey! And the man looked around, and a shot was fired. The man fell. I did not see anything in the hand of the man. The defendant was running as he passed me. The man that was killed was out in the street, about the length of an automobile from the curb. He was walking around in front of one automobile and behind the other. I heard nothing said by the man that was killed. There wasn't a word uttered. The man who fired the shot was about eight feet, the best I can remember, from the man that he shot. After he fired the shot, the man reeled and fell. Maybe I could have counted to ten before he shot again. I can't tell how many shots were fired. They were fired so fast. After he was through shooting, I jumped and ran close to him and said, My God, man, what have you done? You've murdered this man. Before that, he had thrown out his gun on the pavement. I was about 24 feet, as near as I can tell, from the party that fired the shots. The second testimony was from Ralph Stone. He said he was in Tonkawa on September 22, 1926, and that he knew the deceased through his lifetime, and that he also knew the defendant when he saw him. I was standing on the corner of Grand Avenue and 7th Street, right west of the drugstore. While standing there, I heard some gunshots. I saw Joe Navonte reeling right b behind a car. Directly after, I saw another fellow come out from the east side of the car. After Navonte fell on his back, the defendant came up around the side of him and shot him. I don't know how many shots. They were fired so rapidly, and I didn't realize what it was all about. After the shooting, the defendant took his gun and threw it apparently at the deceased. I could not tell from where I was whether it hit the body of the deceased. Defendant just stepped back and put his hands on his hips and stood there. All I heard him say was, he would have done me the same way. Another bystander was L.D. Eastman. He lived in Tonkawa, and he knew Joe Navote and the defendant. He was in Tonkawa the morning of September 22, 1926. When I heard the first shot, I was on the corner of Main and 7th, right at the corner of the drugstore, with Mr. Stone and Mr. Brown. After I heard the shots, I looked around and saw Mr. Navote was just staggering back behind a car. 
Then, as Joseph Hupka followed him up, Navote fell right behind the car, and Joseph stood there and went to shooting. When the gun quit firing, he drew it up, and it looked to me like he drove it in his face. I did not see the gun anymore after it struck the pavement. It didn't take long for police to catch up with Joseph. When arrested, Joseph made his official statement. The deceased had threatened my life a number of times. He threatened it last week on Monday. It was about the 13th day of September 1926. We was in Tonkawa at the time. There had been no words between us since the 13th of September 1926, nor has he made any threats against me since that time. And I have made none against him. I left Maryland the morning of September 22nd, 1926, about 6 or 6.30 o'clock. I had my gun with me. It was a 32 automatic. I had owned it for three or four years. I bought it in Oklahoma City. I brought it over there with the intention of killing Joe Navote. I just decided to kill him this morning. I don't know whether I killed him or not, but I did shoot at him. When I threw the gun, I aimed to hit him in the face with it. About 10 feet from his car northwest when I shot him. I was about 25 feet from him when I shot first. Devote was going towards his car, and I said to him, Here's what you promised me, and I'm going to beat you to it. He started to say something, but I didn't understand what it was. I don't know whether Navonte had a gun with them that morning or not. This is, in substance, the testimony on behalf of the state. Joe's defense was that he was insane at the time of the shooting. He was no longer in control at the time of the killing. The state brought many witnesses who believe otherwise, and they presented doctors who studied Joseph and stated that he was sane. The defense presented others who quite believed Joseph to be insane at the time, and their own doctors who stated that Joseph may have been insane at the time of the killing. The jury believed the prosecution. They named Joseph Hubka Jr. guilty, and that he should die by the electric chair. Joseph was given time to file appeals, many of which were in the newspapers but didn't really take hold in court. Each time they were denied, Joseph was getting closer and closer to the electric chair. In their final appeal, Joseph was saved from that fate. It was decided by the court that they would commute the death sentence and give Joseph life in prison. A big victory for someone who would either way spend the rest of his life behind bars. Ironically, Anna Hubka would gain considerable wealth from the oil on their former land. Through time, the family did benefit from it. Anna disputed the sale of the other properties that they owned that was separate from the original sale that happened in 1920. That land contained oil. Greed continued to plague the family. They were sued by a former attorney for more money, and one of Anna's son-in-laws would eventually commit suicide. Joseph would die in prison in 1941. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Oki Investigations. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for when we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. Also, join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Oki Investigations. I'll see you next time. Have a good one. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.